Welcome to Bites and Beverages with CFB. This is a podcast created and hosted by Citizens First Bank in Clinton and Comanche, Iowa, recorded here at Studio CFB. We talk about financial matters, but we also incorporate local food and drink to feature our area restaurants. Today we are enjoying taco pizza and a cauliflower crust vegetarian pizza from Happy Joe's in Clinton. Today we're gonna be talking a little bit about cash flow and how important cash flow is to any given business, but it's also lessons you could take to your personal finance as well. And now we're gonna go around the room and introduce ourselves. Good afternoon, Carrie. <clears throat> Steve Clements, um, been with the bank for quite a few years now. Uh, working on strictly, been my whole career has been on the business lending side of things. Uh, Evan Trinkamp. Uh, been with Citizens First Bank for seven years, been in banking almost 12. My whole career has been on the ag and commercial lending side of things with a little bit of time and some residential. Dylan Byrne, I have been with Citizens First Bank for about 10 months and I am strictly on the commercial side of things. Taco Pizza, it is pretty local to the Midwest. It was invented by the original Joe, Happy Joe, Joe Witty. I asked Carrie White about this and she said, he just knew that tacos were so popular, pizza was so popular, and it's been a match made in heaven. What do you guys think of the taco pizza? Definitely a big taco pizza guy. My family moved to Iowa when I was about five and they're from southeast Kansas originally. And it was, I don't know, 10 years or so ago now, we were down visiting family and we went to a pizza place and they had taco pizza and we ordered it and it came with no chips on top of it wrong and we asked we we're like did you guys forget these and they're like what are you talking about and we said well they always have you know chips or doritos and they said that's not how we make it here and it was a, it was a huge disappointment growing up we never really got to enjoy the i guess finer delicacies in life because i lived on a farm and dad was always a meat and potatoes type of guy but as i've uh, gotten older and got to experience more it's definitely using or taking advantage of these different kinds of pizzas and the taco is definitely one of the top ones Cauliflower pizza crust that Happy Joe's uses and with their pizza, you really can't tell any difference in it, and it's definitely a healthier option. Um, I've lived in Clinton for a majority of my life, so Happy Joe's was uh, a frequent for us, and taco pizza was always on the menu. First time I had the cauliflower crust, though, was a couple weeks ago, and I was a little suspect at first, but um, after I tried it, you, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. So if you're um, not sure, I would just say, hey, steer into the skid and give it a try. And they're not just pizza either. Their wings are great. Yeah. You can pick any of their sauces. They have the, the pasta dishes. Certainly going there, you know, they got the arcade. The kids absolutely love that. And then there's ice cream and prizes. And being here in Clinton, it's nice because it's a short drive and they have good parking and they, you know, have the room and space to host you. And my family enjoys it quite a bit. We order it quite a bit. It's always fun to go there and see how well I can do on skee-ball. If I were to go to the photo albums at my mom's house and just like flip through, I could come up with dozens of photos of all of my birthday parties at Happy Joe's and my sister's. And then last weekend we did my nephew's third birthday. So it's just also a rite of passage, you know, to just celebrate a birthday. So they've made their business obviously about the pizza and the ice cream, but also celebrating birthdays. So it's really great local business. And the cauliflower crust for me, I feel like, well, I'm counting my macros. 
So once you get paying attention to those carbs, it's a really nice alternative. If everyone else is eating the normal carb pizza or a regular crust and you have an option, it's just really nice as a go-to. It's certainly hard to pass on any other pizzas while you're there, but it's nice to have that alternative. And I've cracked the code on skee-ball, you need to be left-handed. Is anybody left-handed? No. no. Try it. Try skee-ball left-handed. You get it in the 10,000 slot every time. <laughs> tickets just start kicking out. You can't keep up. The tickets are just flowing. I'd probably right. end up throwing it through the back wall. <laughs> yeah. They've been refreshing their games over the years, but I would be interested in what that little carousel with the horses yeah. has generated because I've probably spent $5 <laughs> every time we're there just on, you know, spinning the circles on. I think that has been around since I was eight, nine years old, so a couple decades. It's been around for a very long time. Yeah, I'm going to look for the picture of me on that same carousel. <laughs> it was probably my 7th or 8th birthday. I thought you were going to say 7th or 8th grade. No, no, way back. Way, way back. Um, we're basing um, our Financial Matters discussions in our podcast on money smart for small business. In this piece on cash flow, they're defining cash flow statement as what tells a business how much money is available to run the business, how much cash is moving in and out, where that cash is coming from and going to, and when the cash is moving or needs to move. So let's break that down a little bit. Cash in and out, what are, what are your thoughts on cash flow? The cash flow statement is a huge thing, especially when you're looking at starting a new business, is determining where your cash flow needs are. Are you good for the first three months because you know business is going to be good? That's a good season for the type of business you're in. Take a tree cutting business. Their, their business is primarily during the summer. So their winter seasons are going to be a little bit shorter on cash flow. So if they can produce more cash flow during the summer months to supplement themselves and to keep themselves afloat during the winter months, all the better. The biggest thing is, is determining where that cash is coming from. Is it coming from sales? Is it coming from receivables? The sale of inventory? I guess the biggest misnomer is bigger sales doesn't always create more cash flow. It's the ability to convert it into cash and into actual dollars instead of just, yeah, I sold a million dollars worth of goods, but I've only collected half a million dollars in goods. Will really affect your cash flow also. It's important to understand your margins. It goes back to planning, like we talked in previous podcasts, understanding where your cash flows are coming from and how they're going to, you know, you want to be efficient as possible and, and make sure that cash is king and that's what pays back. That's what's going to pay your debts. That's what's going to pay your wages, your, your own wages, your employees' wages. I mean, taking that what you do for sales, but less what it costs you to make that inventory that good, being able to make enough money to produce that $1 revenue to see how much of your actual that $1 revenue is taken to produce it outside of the actual cost of the goods, whether it be your utilities, your employees. It just gives you that ability and it gives you the understanding of this is where my margins need to be. Do I need to sell it for more? Do I need to sell it for less to sell more and uh, make it up on volume? Or do I just need to sell less and make it up on price? There's a lot of different aspects that you can look at and every business isn't going to be the same. Yeah, I think knowing how short or long the cash flow cycle is is important. Um, you know, if you have inventory that's turning quickly it's going to put money back into a cash flow system quicker but if it's taking longer to turn it's just going to take a little bit more time so dylan let's stay with you and talk a little bit about the cash conversion cycle so that came up a little earlier like what is what does the conversion mean and you know how would you how would you describe the cash conversion cycle yeah so basically i think it's different for each and every business it kind of depends on you know what you do um, basically, you know, your business would pay for raw materials and money would go out. 
um, then you would then make a product or you know design a, a service or delivery and then you would sell the product or sell the service money would come in and then that would that's basically your your cycle there the three the three steps so why is it important cash coming back in so it's going to keep your business afloat um, you can have the world's greatest idea uh, if it costs you a bunch of money up front for inventory that you have to create or raw materials that you have to store that's going to that's going to suck up cash and your bills don't stop unfortunately the reality is the majority of bills the majority of life goes on that stuff's due monthly if you have are, are waiting on a hundred thousand dollar check um, but you're told it's not for you're not going to get it for 60 to 90 days well that's 60 to 90 days that you have to have cash flow from elsewhere other sales savings um, lines of credit whatever it is you got to be able to manage all that and understanding your cash flow probably the most important thing that any small business and any banker can know for their small business is what their cash flow cycles are helps us set up the terms of the loans, um, puts them in a position to be successful, and then it helps us understand if there's any roadblocks on coming up. You know, if you do a job and they hold back, 15% of that job is retained for six months until all inspections are done, engineering's done. Well, if that 15% is what your margin is, your, your profitability is, well, yeah, you've paid your workers, you've paid your materials, you've paid all your stuff, but now you don't have any excess cash to pay your other stuff. And it helps you, helps your banker be able to walk in and say, I know this money's coming, I did the work, um, or I provided the, the good, I won't get paid until November 10th. I know I'm gonna be short for the next 30 days in my accounts, but I have stuff to pay. Helps us be able to look at it and say, that's a reasonable request for a loan to be able to understand you have money coming in, you're gonna need something, Obviously, you'll you'll pay some interest. You may pay some fee, loan fees to be able to put that in place. But you're also not sticking your vendors, and you're not behind on your house mortgage, and you're not doing those things because you planned ahead and you understand your cash flows. Where is a good starting point for some of the terms that you need to know? or that you should ask about. Obviously, you can talk to your banker if you need to set up a different a different system that works for you if you have some seasonal fluctuations. Talk to your banker, talk to your accountant, talk to those trusted individuals. But what's a good starting point for defining some of the terms to be familiar with for understanding cash flow? Inventory. So basically this kind of goes back to the uh, the first peg in the operating cycle. You know, you're going to spend money on raw materials um, or labor or other direct costs to, you know, produce a product to sale. You know, if you spend a lot of money on that inventory, that's going to tie up your cash before, and then you have to sell the inventory to turn it into cash. So, um, you know, there's kind of a fine line on, you know, how how much do I want to have tied up? And then the next term is fixed assets. Oftentimes they're expensive, um, stuff like buildings, uh, vehicles, equipment, upgrades to space. Um, that all is going to tie up your cash as well. A lot of times people will look into a lease that, that can, you know, kind of free up some or you know an, another way of financing it. Accounts receivable, you know, making a sale, um, but you haven't received the cash. You'd like to convert your accounts receivable into cash as quickly as possible. Some AR you don't ever see, and they call that bad debt. I think it gets to about 90 days, and that's when we start looking at it as bad debt. And then the last one is accounts payable. That's basically money owed to your vendors, suppliers um, that have extended a credit to you. You know, you've received the product or the service, uh, but you haven't yet paid for it. What advice would you give to someone, a business owner, who's kind of playing around a little bit with the AR and the AP 
their accounts receivable, like if they're holding back payment to some vendors or, you know, money's not coming in, what advice would you give them? A lot of small businesses get in trouble is they, they build the product, they deliver, you know, the product or the service, and they just think the money's going to be handed over to them. If you're not doing the, the, the billing portion of getting the bills out there and you know that the bill, you know, it's going to be 45 days after they receive it, well, if you wait two weeks to get your bill out, now suddenly you're at 60 days to get your money. You just put yourself in a bad situation by not doing the, the business side of business. You may be really good at making sprinkles for cupcakes and getting it out the door. And if you're the best sprinkle maker in the world, that's great. But if you're not billing the cupcake people to say, hey, you owe me for the sprinkles I delivered, you're going to end up getting caught in a situation where someone goes, hey, we need more sprinkles. And it's like, well, I haven't got paid for the first ones I sold to this company. Why haven't you got paid? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't done my billing yet. Well, that billing... Uh, and turning over that inventory, as Evan said, is is how you continue to keep that cash flow cycle rolling and how you continue to expand on your business. Cash flow is the, one of the hardest things um, that we probably struggle with, you know, internally with our customers is we know they do um, good work. We know they have great products. We understand it. We believe in them. It's just getting them to understand you can't always just have accounts receivable and say, hey, these people owe me $100,000. That's great. When are you going to get paid, right? And if they don't have a good answer, or ah, yeah, you know, I, I should really call them. Like you should absolutely call them. You also deserve to get paid for the work you did. Well, we are talking about cash flow. We're enjoying classic taco pizza from Happy Joe's in Clinton. And then one of their newer menu items, a cauliflower crust pizza that we ordered vegetarian today, but you can get it with any toppings that you want. I will say taco pizza is actually like something that people look for when they come back home. You know, like people who are from this area, like you were mentioning, ordering the taco pizza and not having chips on it. It's a destination menu item. I, I have, like I said, I have family from Kansas that's been up here to visit us. They've had it. They've came back years later and they ask if they can get one of those taco pizzas. And I don't know if it's the chips or the hot sauce that goes with it or what. They give you little sour cream packets. Um, you know, all of it just, it just, it's like two meals in one. Ari Leverens is our producer for the podcast. And so we went to an art opening this past spring um, here in Clinton at a friend's studio. And the taco pizza was a topic of conversation with people visiting from California and Germany and someone from somewhere else. But they were saying, oh, what else are you going to do when you're in town? And they all said, I have to get a taco pizza at Happy Joe's. So it's got some worldwide fame. Don't expect to get uh, a skimpy pizza when you get it. There's a lot of toppings. A lot of people can eat on it or you can eat on it for a few days, that's for sure. And I know when we order it, I like more toppings than the rest of my family. But they're happy because they'll get mint chocolate chip ice cream delivered along with it. We've talked a lot about inventory and goods and, and billing cycles as it relates to cash flow. How about a business that is in more services than goods? How do you adjust to the fluctuation in demand? And um, how does it, does it work any differently if the business is services as opposed to offering goods for sale? Depending on what your service is, you may have more upfront costs when it comes to fixed goods. Say you have vans or say you have um, a piece of equipment that provides a service that you sell. You may not have as much cash go out because you don't have the inventory, but that just gets back into you're providing a service and you, you, know, you need to be paid on that service as quickly as possible. So 
take someone who's into you know mowing and landscaping yep they buy all their equipment that equipment makes them money because they run it every day they provide the service they still maybe don't have as much because they don't own lawns they don't own anything that's inventory wise but they have their fleet of equipment that ha that cost them money and when those services are provided they have to keep their cash flow cycle as low as possible as well or short as possible um, that way they can continue to pay pay on their debt and pay on repairs and pay on anything that has that comes up with wear and tear um, on their equipment all right evan we're going to turn to you to talk a little bit more about just some of those key points to remember as you're looking through your cash flow sit down whether that's once a year twice a year shoot every month and just have a plan of where your cash flow is going to come from. I know I've met with customers and we sit down, say, once a month, once a quarter, and it's just planning out where that money's coming from, whether you know you're going to sell your inventory or you're going to supply these goods or services, and then understand when that cash flow is going to come in. Is it going to come in in 30 days? Is it going to come in in 60 days? And just figure out where your expenses are. Because, I mean, for the most part, you should be able to hone in on a good vast majority of where those expenses are and what you're going to need to do to service those. Figure out... Okay, so I know in June, I usually have a slow month. So I'm going to probably need to have a line of credit in place to help me work through that. Or hopefully I have the cash saved up from my prior months to help me through that. Keep yourself with a plan and put that plan in writing and keep in touch with your banker, keep in touch with your accountants. That'll make this life a lot easier. Definitely come to us, ask us, you know, hey, what do you, do you see anything I'm not seeing? Is there something I could be doing better? And, you know, we're more than happy to, to help you work through it. Because like I said, the last thing we want to do is see you fail. The, the successful businesses understand their cash flows. Um, they understand where their cash is going out, when it's coming back in, um, and how short or long that cycle is going to be. Not all long cycles are bad. Some long cycles can be good if it's managed properly. Some short cycles can be very good too. So it's understanding your business, making sure your, your banker understands your business. And I'd say just be conservative on your cash flows. So know your margins, understand your cash flow, and just get down to it. It's it's all going to be fun and all good for your business. I think it's great that we get to talk about these things. Really, the importance of this podcast is to get this information out. We talk to our customers, you know, daily on these same very topics. This podcast allows us to kind of cast a bigger net. If someone hears it, someone has questions and says, you know, I don't understand, we have tools. We have things we can help you with. There's programs that uh, I know myself and Evan have been a part of. Um, Dylan's gone to some schooling for. Um, let us help you be successful. When you're successful, we're successful, and, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. You've been listening to Bites and Beverages with Citizens First Bank, a podcast that we record here in Studio CFB in Clinton, Iowa. I'm going to turn to Dylan, Evan, and Steve for some final parting comments, but we really enjoyed the conversation today about cash flow, but even more than the cash flow, we enjoyed our taco pizza from Happy Joe's. Thanks to Brandon and Carrie for supplying the pizza. They run a, a pretty tight ship down there. So if you're ever looking for more knowledge or more tools on these things, make sure you reach out to us and ask for um, one of our lenders to help you out. But overall, we'd like to thank Brandon and Carrie for supplying us with the pizza. And if you guys are ever out and about and are looking for a family-friendly area and some great people to work with on your parties, they're great people and great location and great, great food for, for all. And I think one thing that we forgot to touch on is they still have the little stair in the window for the kids to be able to look in and watch their pizza be made. So I don't know how many times my um, kids have done that, but I think every time they're there, it's, you know, 
uh, they get a chance to look. And now you can look and see how they make their cauliflower pizza. Yeah. Because you know, it's got to be different, I would think. So I appreciate um, on the food and, and all that Happy Joe's does for our community. And with that, stay classy, Clinton.